Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Sarai Shivana. Sarai is an expert in sales, operations, and branding. She has been successful in this work as she applies a level of personal development to bridge any gaps. She is a certified neurolinguistic practitioner and is currently working on her cognitive behavioral therapy certification. Sarai, welcome to the space. Hi, I'm oh. here. <laughs> Hi, welcome, welcome. How are you? I am so good. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I am so happy that you're here. And I cannot wait for you to tell people more about you because I read the tiniest bit about you when you have such a resume. So, Sarai, tell us more about who you are, please. Um, that is such a loaded question sometimes. <laughs> and I, um, I always approach it in a way where I do, I wear so many hats and I've kind of always worn many hats since I was a kid, you know, and, and being a teenager and throughout life, I, I never really, there was, there was probably two things that I stuck with for the most part, um, which I'll get into afterwards. But for the most part, I was always a very curious individual and wanted to explore and branch out and, and learn different things. And um, I don't know if that was just a level of, you know, having some sort of attention deficit type of <laughs> issue or losing interest quickly. But however, it led me to learning many, um, learning many things in many different industries. So while I'm certified in NLP, um, and I'm working on my cognitive behavioral therapy certification, which those two things for me um, really help in, in the business that I do, in the business that I work in. I um, am an entrepreneur. I have a consulting business. Um, I have a direct-to-consumer online business. I also work with other individuals in business performance coaching, and I do a lot of philanthropy, philanthropy work. So... That's kind of the, those are the things that I do and uh, really keeps me busy. And I'm also in school, by the way, to finish my bachelor's for interior design. So that right there can just tell you 
yes, I do wear many hats. Some may think that it's like, oh my God, are you, you know, it's what, what, what direction are you going in? And I'm like, kind of just going into the directions that are called to me, you know? And then I, I have always been very good at everything I put my mind to. And I, I think you can accomplish multiple things in, in multiple areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to diving in more. And yeah, I totally agree. Um, people can say, oh, you're all over the place. You're scattered. You have ADHD, you have all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, there is something to be said when you have a lot of interest. There's, it, it varies for each person. Some people cannot handle more than one thing at a time. And it just really throws them off and they just get all wonky. Right. And some people are built for it and they just need that. And it's what um, they thrive off of it. So it's not one way for, you know, for everybody. Right. And the labels, right. We, we get so attached to these labels um, of, you know, maybe you're unfocused or you're, you're, you know, you have some sort of ADHD or, you know, you're just, you don't have direction in life. And I always, kind of went against that grain and at a very young age, extremely young where I, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. So to kind of piggyback, I, I, I remember being, you know, going to job interviews and people looking at my resume and I have an extensive, very detailed resume in, in, in sales and operations, in executive assistant work, in, um, um, whatchamacallit, in uh, hospitality. Uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought in hospitality. And for some people, the way that it looks is that it's unfocused. And then for me, I, I was kind of like, well, no, I, I, it shows that I have interest and I'm capable of doing all of these things. Like, why, <laughs> why right. is that a bad thing, right? You know? <laughs> right, right. This whole societal thing, it's very interesting how it's yeah, certain areas, certain there's, uh, like you said, boxes and certain ways that things should quote unquote be. And it's like, um, you don't know me as a person per se. Mm -hmm. uh, some people, like we said, they're just scattered all over the place and they're not going to be able to get much done because they're just too unfocused. But it's not that way for everybody. And I get that feeling very much with you that is not <laughs> that way with you, which is where this is going to be such a great conversation. But we're going to start off. First, I want to welcome people that are here live. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. We so appreciate you. Um, please feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat box below where we can see them. So thank you. Um, so here, we're going to start with the would you rather question. Okay. And then dive into our first. So here we go. So Sarai, would you rather have skin that changes color based on your emotions or tattoos that appear all over your body showing what you did the day before? Oh, um, skin changing colors for sure. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that, yeah, that's a really good question. Wow, I like that. You're like, no, not the tattoos. <laughs> no, I have, I have, I have eight tattoos. I have eight or nine tattoos, but uh, sometimes I, I don't know if I necessarily want the day before or the night before to show up the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole when I looked at the question, I'm like, well, color is kind of subjective. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't exactly know, like there's not necessarily one color for 
You How know. cool would that be though, right? Kind of like a mood ring when you wear one or like a, yeah, like it, you're, you would change skin color based on your emotions. That That's actually pretty cool. I, I Yeah. Oh. I know it could be kind of cool, right? I had the kind of skin that changed color, which wasn't very pleasant when I was embarrassed. (laughs) That is not pleasant when you turn. People say, oh, so sweet, like the pink or the red. Mm -hmm. But mine mine was blotchy purple. So that was not very attractive. Yeah. (laughs) So you may want the tattoos versus the, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is I'm going to use that question now, actually, on on Friends. Yeah. I I know. It's kind of good, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So here we go. So we're going to dive in. And, um, first question is, so how do you define creativity? Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely a personal style, right? And, uh, creativity comes, creativity is everywhere. So I define it as, as in a way of like you having to really understand yourself and, what you stand for, who you stand for, what you like to do. And within all of that, how you do things. And then you find the creative rhythm um, through that. And that's really how I define it um, now, now more so than before, where I think we, when you hear, oh, this person is creative, you think, okay, well, they're a beautiful artist or, you know, singer or actress, and, and they do something along those lines, but I, I really do feel there's creativity in every aspect of your life. And, and unconsciously, you don't even realize that you're being creative in in doing things like a mom having to get her kids out, you know, in the morning, um, <laughs> you know, that's a creative way to do something, right? You gotta figure out how to bribe these little ones to get out the door so you're not late for the office, you know? like. It's creative. So I think when you put the spin on it like that, it kind of hopefully there's any moms on here um, will take away like the pressure in a way and just be like, you know what? I'm a really creative mom because I just got my kids fed, ready and out the door in under five minutes. I look put together. That's talent and creativity right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I so appreciate that um, analogy and that's exactly why I started this company in the sense of this whole expanding this definition. That's why we're here is it makes me nuts is when, and it's understandable because it's a societal thing and it's how we've been raised and all the culture generally yeah. uh, for when you say your nice cities of what you do. And for me, you know, saying art teacher, da, 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 people immediately get really defensive and say, oh, I can't draw or paint. I can't draw a straight line. I'm like, well, neither can I. Like Mm -hmm. I went to art school, but that's not necessarily what I do. Um, It's not my strength. It's not my talent. So when talking to people, then it always leads into the conversation. Well, what do you enjoy? Like, what is your, and they're like, I don't know. Well, I'm in real estate. Well, what do you like about real estate? Well, I really like talking to people. Mm -hmm. Well, those skills, those communication skills, that is a creative, that's creative. Yeah. These, these interpersonal skills are like huge. How you carry a conversation. Are you natural? Is there like an awkwardness where people are like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Um, are you, you're problem solving too in your brain and you're thinking right. about how things could go, how to present things to make people, you know, feel more comfortable and like the look of something. I mean, there's so many components. And when people, when you tell people this, they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I guess, yeah. I guess I am. 
Yeah. And it's like, no, you really are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I'm actually, first of all, um, thank you. I'm so honored that you had me on this, um, to interview live on this podcast and that you've created this because, um, when I read about it, I, I thought, wow, I have never really come across a platform that helps entrepreneurs or small business owners or, or, you know, anyone really understand that you are creative in, in many areas of your life. So this is really cool. And I, and I, I see big things for your podcast and for you and creating a, a culture movement. So it, it's, oh my it's gosh. here. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. Wow. And I never really thought of it. It's, it's the whole thing of, and I like what you said in the beginning that I'm looking back, creativity is everywhere. It's a personal style. You have to really understand yourself. Yeah. Because yeah, everything's from the inside, right? I mean, this whole external, like other people's perspectives, you have your perspective on their perspective. Right. And by you saying that, that really touches me in a place where, I mean, I'm just like, this is just what I do. I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So hearing that and really listening and taking that in, I'm incredibly grateful. But everything starts from the inside. It, it does. And and. and it takes a lot of work to to look inward, you know, versus the external labels that are placed on you. Um, and I, I've done that work, and I continue to do that work. And I think, in, I think it's really, really important to understand why personal development is such a key player in understanding how your creativity lives within you. And um, and when you when you really Looking and it's it's not pretty all the time. So there's ugly creativity, <laughs> there's beautiful creativity, and it comes in in many different forms. Like I said, so learning who you are at the end of the day, without being attached to what you do, how much money you make, and how you're defined by society, you know, that's a whole creative process. So that's something I've actually been working on for quite a few years, um, which is, you know, segued into, uh, into my life now. And it's incorporated in, in how I build relationships and connect with other people. And c- I connect with so many different walks of life. And, you know, my, my, one of my coaches said, uh, he's like, you know, Sarai, you connect to great people to great opportunities. And it's probably the truest statement because for, for most of my existence, I have done that. And I've said, I, I've been very good at, be, part of my bio also is a, being the natural networker, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I can hold a conversation with all types of individuals because of my experiences I and my past, um, and I can get into that afterwards, but I am just built to understand a situation, an environment, the people you know, without judgment, but un- but understanding all of those different um, movements that happen, and and, re- and then be relatable. Not like I know everything, but I, I can relate. And I'm I'm not sympathetic by no means, but I am very empathetic. So under learning how to understand and make people understand that I know how they're feeling to a degree, and I resonate with it, and I, I empathize with it, it, is something that. Is su- is a super important skill uh, to develop and have. Well, I think what I'm hearing from that too is you're a listener. Yes, I when listen. You- yeah, yeah, yeah. I pick up on key things. I, I, well, let's you know, part 
part of my past, you know, <laughs> and uh, and the way that I kind of grew up in situations, you know, um, have all kind of helped me with that. But then, you know, studying um, NLP and, and working on, you know, certain things, um, I pick up on the tone, the little nuances that uh, you normally don't pick up on. I, I, I look at that body language, vibe, style, uh, energy. Um, I, I really pay attention to that because that for business allows me to understand how we're going to make this happen at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe can you tell um, people a little bit about um, NLP, what that stands for? And then I, I want to go back into more of what you've done. Um, what's kind of led you to where you are? Yeah, of course. Um, so NLP, it, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Practic Practitioner. And all that really means is that I got a certification um, through a platform and it was, I think, like a hundred hours and you study this course. And But what happens is that it teaches you how to pick up on some modalities of um, someone's personality and, and ask the right questions, right? And one of my biggest mentors is Tony Robbins and he has built his entire business, I mean, well, now it's a lot more, but he originally started with NLP and understanding the psychology behind someone's motives and how to break that pattern if it's a bad pattern, right? And, and, and shift someone's mindset through key factors and, and asking the right question. He always says, you know, ask a better question if you want to get a better answer, right? And I think that's super smart. Like, you, you got to know what questions to ask people if you want to get the, a, a good answer out of them. Um, okay. So I've, I've been studying that. I was always very curious about in, in psychology also, but, um, you know, anyone can go and get their certif certification NLP. I just chose to do it because I did a lot of personal development work um, and it led me into that path. And when I started to see the courses and, and do the videos, I was like, oh, this is really interesting because the brain works. I mean, there's, we don't even use 80% of our brain, <laughs> you know, right, right. And, um, but understanding people's motives of why they do certain things is really, it, it fascinates me. I, and I'll give you an example of how, you know, the NLP strategy worked to break a habit that I had. I used to um, smoke cigarettes. And I mean, I, I, I started smoking probably like social smoking, like 15 or 16 years old. And, and then, uh, you know, I worked in the clubs and stuff like that and, and all that. And I would, I would honestly smoke like a pack a day. It, it, it would which, pack a day at uh, daytime into the nighttime, right? So I was a smoker. I, I identified as a smoker and I was proud of it. And it got to the point where I was smoking too much and I started to feel sick. And so it just wasn't worth it for me. I, I wouldn't smoke as much as I was, but as I was before, but I didn't smoke enough to be called a smoker at some point. And I started to shift how I felt. Originally, I would feel so good to have a cigarette and I would feel like, oh, breath of fresh air. And I started to shift that oh, yay feeling into pain, physical pain. So that, and it took a, I mean, you really have to do the work um, by convincing yourself that if you pick up this cigarette, I, your stomach is going to start to hurt and you're going to want to throw up. And I did that 
conditioning every time, every time to the point where I can't even smell secondhand smoke without getting super nauseous. I get ridiculously sick now. And it's a shift in the mindset. It's your belief system. I, I do not identify. Now, when I'm out, no one would offer me a cigarette because they would never know that I used to smoke a pack a day. Whereas before, it was I would be like, oh, I, I was a smoker. But still in your brain, you, you identify as that, right? So I stopped saying that. I just, I don't do it. So how long did that take you to make that shift? Gen like, it doesn't have to be exact, but generally time oh, frame. It took a... It took a it was, and don't get me wrong, it's been two years that I, uh, that I stopped smoking and, and I've had some, you know, hiccups, some, some like where I'm like, okay, let me try one cigarette. And I'm like, oh God, I can't, you know, <laughs> like I know, mm -hmm. but that happened about three times in the past two years. Um, and it took, it literally, it was like a few months, maybe like August, September, October, because I stopped, literally stopped smoking October 31st. And wow. the next day I just, I, the November 1st, it, that was it. I woke up and done there there was nothing it was like it didn't even exist anymore and but it took a few months of me still smoking and wanting to die the next day <laughs> because i felt so nauseous right so and and you can do that with anything you, you once you associate a habit with pain right because your mind the brain doesn't know the difference it's, it's you in your belief system. So you want to stop eating X, Y, and Z. You have to associate that emotion with something that's painful that your body and your brain starts to shut down and says, we're not, we're not going there. We're not doing that. Right. So, so that, that's how I was able to do that. And it's, it's work, it's dedication, but I really wanted to, to stop smoking and I didn't want to go on a patch or, or take some sort of whatever, you know, I don't know. Nicorette thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, it's better to, I mean, I have to say my father, I mean, this was a long time ago. He had a quadruple bypass. And as he oh. was going in, they're like, uh, when is the last time you smoked? He's like, right before I got here. And he did not pick up a cigarette after that. And yeah. he, he would say, I am not going to lie. He's like, I want one. I really want one. He's like, but I will not do it. And yeah. uh, he, he didn't. And you would see pictures. I mean, not to spend the whole time talking about this, but you would see, I guess in anything that you identify, I like how you, how you said, how I, how your condition and you identify yourself in a certain way. Um, he would look different in a picture as he was holding a cigarette. He looked so much more relaxed. He looked, um, different oh, yeah. as opposed to a picture without the cigarette, uh, which I think applies to so many different things. When we identify in whatever way our mindset, it's just, it controls everything. It, yes, absolutely. Your belief system on how you view yourself is the strongest thing. So you have to every single day condition yourself to, if you really want to make a change and you want to, you know, accomplish these things that working on yourself is the number one thing and showing up for yourself. I think it, it, that that's definitely it, it, you know, and it, really quickly um, when people talk about entrepreneurs and, and multimillionaires and, and making all this money, you know, they, they think at that point, when you get to that point in business and 
and what you're doing to help serve others and build a community and build a business and, and, and help employ others, it's no longer in a way about um, anybody else. You're in competition with yourself to get better than you were yesterday. And, and once you do it that way, it, it's, it's the whole game changes, right? It's not like you're show one, you're, you're not trying to show this off or show that off or whatever. Um, you just, you're, you're, you get conditioned to, it's like a sport. That's what it is. You show up the next day and you're like, well, I did this yesterday. How can I be better than I was yesterday? Than I was yesterday. And how can I improve myself today? Why not do that? Why stay stagnant? Because everybody, it, the whole point, your purpose in life is to grow. And when people talk about, well, what's your passion? What do you want to do? What's your this? And I've now started just saying to people, you know what? I just continue to grow. Wherever that may take me is wherever the cards are laid out for me. I like how you said that a lot um, because immediately when you said the word competition with self, there was kind of something in me, honestly, that clinched a little bit. And, but it's immediately what came to mind was it's your intention Mm-hmm. Where I wanted to say intent, your intention with the competition. And yeah. as you started to go on more, I was like, yeah, it's true. Because you push yourself to grow. You're pushing yourself to expand, to try this different thing, to potentially fail, to not be scared, fearful of this uh, uh, possibility that it won't work out. Um, right. So you're, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm running and I got pushed back a little bit, but now I'm just going to push forward a little bit more, which I was looking at what I called this podcast, which is resilient, competitive, and open to possibilities. And as soon as you said competition, I was like, yes. I love <laughs> it. I, I like that title. So I really appreciate that. You understand. Yeah, for sure. You understand a lot about me before even really getting to know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think, and I think that's such a great way to answer when people, because people need to say that it's like that whole, you know, those stages in life that are just so annoying where it's, you know, you graduate, you graduate high school and people are like, oh, what are you going to do with your life? It's like, oh my God, how annoying is that? I mean, well, like, there, yeah, like there aren't enough things to think about and I don't know. Right. And how, what, what kind of the pressure, right? That, <laughs> that you, that you feel and, and, and it's, you know, this, the whole um, side hustle cu- culture is like, oh God, you're cool if you have a side hustle. Well, let me tell you something. I started working at 14 years old and for majority of my life, I'm 34 for majority of my life up until just maybe like 32, I had worked two to three jobs all the time, all the time. So I had always had a side hustle. I had always had that second job or that third job lined up because, um, well, it's expensive to live in New York city. (laughs) That's one. Um, and I do like nice things and a nice lifestyle, but People would look at that like, wow, you have two to three jobs. You can't get your shit together. Excuse my language, but you can't get get it together. But like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you should have the one job and the this and the that. And it's like, for me, I, I would feel like, wow, I'm just, I felt inadequate, right? Mm-hmm. I felt uh, like a failure because I had to keep having these two to three jobs. And now it's this, you know, obviously with everything that's gone on, it, it's this, it's this phenomenon, right? Where... I, I think it's great to have, it's definitely, you have to have more than one stream of income for sure. However, 
you know, don't be flaky and jump to jump to jump. You gotta, you know, you got, you have to be good at things, you know, which is, I'm very good at the multiple things that I do. And it does not overwhelm me at all because I'm built to work and play that way. And like you said, it's not for everybody. However, um, I do promote having a side hustle all the time because it's necessary because if this, if your one plan fails or gets taken away by a pandemic, what are you going to do then? And you have to have those backup resources. So I always say like, and I love the title. It says, you know, open to possibilities. Yes. Stay open to all possibilities because you never know where that one conversation can take you and, and, and who you can meet and where it can, where, who can help you and how you can help them. It just takes one conversation, a connection and, and being creative, right. <laughs> Within yourself to then connect with somebody else. So true. It's, you never know. It's, it's this, and I'd like you to touch on the fact because you told me in our pre-chat that you saw yourself as a control freak. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I, I, and so that's a belief system that I have for a very, and I listen, everyone who's listening and will listen. Um, first of all, thanks for listening and jumping in <laughs> to hear our conversation. But I, um, I still struggle with that. I, I, I still have struggled just recently. Right. And I know, but I know what that is now. I know that that struggle is not really a struggle. It's a challenge to help me grow bigger and better. So I always had to have a plan. I, I, I had to have it all figured out. I had to have everything, you know, just, you know, I had to know the outcome of what I was doing, right? So nothing was, nothing was ever a delightful surprise. I looked at it as very like, oh my God, I, I was a completely different person a few years back. My pers personality was not as calm or, or open-minded. I was very... Um, just one way tunnel vision, like this was it, um, had to control relationships, you know, the outcome of the relationship, the outcome of the argument, the outcome of the friendship, the outcome of everything. And, and where did that get me besides, you know, being stressed out? <laughs> and when I think about now my life and my lifestyle that I've chosen to create this year specifically, it is completely against the 30 something years I've, I've lived. It, it's 100% different and it freaks me out sometimes, but I know that I would never go back because I don't know how to live like that anymore. I don't know how to live in a state of scarcity, fear, and, and, um, and feeling, you know, like just, feeling like I'm, I'm chained to something. I don't know how to live in that anymore. Gosh, well, that's amazing. <laughs> it, 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 I, I mean, uh, if, you, or, if you're aware and you're cognizant, who the hell wants to live like that? Yeah, it, but it is, you, you just know that there's a bigger purpose to you. You don't know really what it is. The, it's, it's, real, it's enjoying the journey, the BS, the hardships, and, and, I'm not saying just pick up and run away to Bali, but if you have a desire to do something, start to look into it because that's the only way it's going to help you open a door into something else, into something else, into something else. And, you know, that, that, that started, you know, 
in, in 2018 for me, actually, um, when I got introduced to the direct uh, selling company that I'm a part of now. And, and through that, you know, through that network and, and understanding what that business was and is helped me, led me to this podcast and meeting you. Well, I'm happy for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this was in 2018. So what is this direct selling? What is it? So I am a partner with NewSkin. Um, it's N-U-S-K-I-N. And they are an anti-aging and wellness platform um, based out of Utah. Um, they specialize in, you know, science and innovation to create these products that are one of a kind. Um, so, you know, it's an opportunity. It's, it's an opportunity platform where you cre create a free uh, wholesale account or ambassador account and you, get, you know, you purchase the product that you want to use. For example, the whitening toothpaste, you use it, you love it. You can take the five to six products that you like and start to create your own online e-commerce boutique, right? And the beautiful thing about it is that there's no, like a lot of companies do the sign up, the membership fees, the, you know, the whatever, like you have to stay active this way. They're not built like that. And um, they're able to provide the free commissionable link, the marketing, the R&D, the, um, the website for you, you know, that you can create. It's super easy. And it's, it's, um, it's been a blessing. And the support and the team and the culture has just been something that I have been looking for uh, through my, you know, my years working um, as a manager in fashion and in retail. Um, I was actually in the corporate office in Utah a few weeks back for a success summit and I went there and I just, everything just became more real to me. And it, there's a lot of freedom in what you can do with the business. And that is the thing that scares people because starting your own business sounds amazing, right? And, and it is, but there's so much work that goes into it. There's a lot of emotional um, gain and pain, financial gain and pain, um, spiritual, mental, like, you have to show up for yourself every single day if you want to build this business out. You want to share the products. You, and then also, you know, 90% of the time, you're going to tell somebody about the business and your aunt Joe or uncle David is going to be like, oh, that's a scam. That's a scheme because they had not tried, not applied themselves, or they got scammed by a company because that does exist. And I'm not, you know, I'm not um, blind to that. However, if you wanted to start a, a cupcake shop, you would have to go rent a place. You would have to bake all the, the get the ingredients. You would have to put so much money out to create something that you can then sell online or in a store, right? So what's the difference, you know, with that and this where, so, and that's what I say to people now where it's a direct to consumer platform, but it's an opportunity platform because yes, you want to do it with people. If you need to make $50 extra to get gas, you share this whitening toothpaste with five people, they purchase it from you, you will have $55 in your account in 48 hours. It is that simple and that free to do. And, and I think that's where people are like, oh, there's gotta be something else with it. And I was like that, I said, what is, first of all, when the girls walked into the store I was managing and they told me about it, I was like, this is some crazy Southern country shit that I, I, don't, I don't vibe with, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And, um, but as I really looked into the company, their financials, 
how long they've been around the innovation, I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked at other companies and then I looked at this and I was like, okay, this makes sense. And having obviously a business mindset and, and looking at, you know, numbers and stuff from before and, and analytics, I understood the vision and, and what you can create of it. So it was really cool to step into that. And um, through the work of that, building that business out, and it's a, every day, it's a lifelong process. Um, it's, you know, I, it, I will be part of the company forever. Um, you end up becoming aware of your ego, your shortcomings, your judgment of yourself, right? The fear. And, and that is, it's like, it's personal development to become a business owner and entrepreneur because there's no way around it. Like, the, the, and I may be, you know, just being too affirmative on this, but like, you really cannot be a successful entrepreneur and business owner without the work of personal development in your life and being creative. Right. I was always swinging back to that because you have to be creative in how you market yourself and how you sell yourself. And everyone's always like, I'm not a salesperson. I'm so Let me just tell you something. The second you get out of bed, you are selling yourself to your husband, wife and kids and whoever you deal with, you are the sale. So be the best sale that you can be. Yes. And sell yourself first, right? You have to sell yourself first to do this before you do it to anybody else. So, th so that that's why I always say to people, I'm like, well, you're you have to you're selling yourself, dude. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's people aren't um, if they never see you, um, people are buying a product. Yes, they're buying the product, but there's definitely when you're an entrepreneur and you're a full on entrepreneur, people are buying you when they're seeing you. They're yeah. trusting you. They're liking you. They 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 want to they, they be around your energy, <laughs> you. And the result of that is these products or services that you offer. Right. So yeah, you are selling, we're, we're selling ourselves. And I was having a conversation, you know, our, our one of my mentors was talking about this and just saying, you know, when people are like, oh, well, you're always selling something. She's like, damn right. I'm a yeah. business. I am my business. Yeah. <laughs> so, and what's so wrong with that? What's wrong? Yeah. You, you wouldn't go to, you know, you wouldn't walk up to, you know, the people in L'Oreal or Sephora and say, well, you're always selling something, right? Or the, the, all these or ads. Target. Or, <laughs> or Target. It's like, well, why not? Like, well, duh. Like, like I, I that, that, I think, I think that's really, um, one of our missions, right, as we do this is to really help change the immediate culture and the judgment of what other things are. Because there's so many people that say, well, I'm not interested. And now I'm to the point where I'm confident enough to say, well, of course, you're not interested because you don't really know anything about it. So why don't you hear me out and give yourself that opportunity to hear what I have to say? Because if it's not of interest to you right now, it's in your head, it's in your ear, it could be a fallback or you could know someone that really needs this. You know, don't say no to opportunities because you are then in turn taking away the opportunity for somebody else. Hmm. And I, have, I kind of lead a lot of meetings that way um, where some people are kind of like, whoa, or some people are like, oh, that's true. It's like, well, yeah, think about it. <laughs> like, um, listen, get educated enough to make an informed decision of a yes or a no. And I think as we move on to the second question, I, I think that also is again about listening. And um, I think it's so important to understand other people's perspectives. 
And um, yes. it's, we need to listen to each other. We're not always going to agree. Uh, and that's okay. We don't, it's, it's not like all rainbows and butterflies and like, yes, we're all, you know, singing and dancing together. Um, I think it's respect. Yeah. And yeah. it's, just it's it's yeah it's how we grow is by listening and i want to thank the person uh, who just typed in and said i think creative individuals usually do better as entrepreneurs rather than as employees mm -hmm. yeah i think that's super yeah and thank you for that comment and and part of my other business real quick um, before your question is mm -hmm. what go, that comment right there is that i coach a lot of um uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners that work mostly in their business versus on their business, right? Because the, the, the small business owner wants to be everything. And it's like, you have to find the right team, the right employees, the, the trust there, but also allow your employees to be heard and be people because, because they're in the business day to day, they see things that you may not see, right? Because you're so focused on taking care of X, Y, and Z, you're kind of just on autopilot. So there's a lot of creativity within your employees that yeah. they may feel that they can't voice and, and, and feel stifled. And then it becomes mundane. And then one day they just walk out. And meanwhile, you're like, well, what happened? She was so happy. Okay. But no, she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> there's a yeah. reason. So there's um, that, that's a lot of the business performance coaching that I do through the personal development aspect. So I apply that a lot because allowing someone to extract themselves from their business and look at it globally and take a breath. You're allowed to do that. You're, and if you think your business is going to fail because you're not there for 24 hours, then there's a serious problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I really do like to include everybody. I, I don't, I, I'm not, listen, there are some people that just like to complain and I get that and you can kind of weed those people out and that's okay. If it's not a right fit, if they're not working towards the higher vision of the organization and the growth, then you got to go. And if it's just a job for you, then the, then then it, this is just a job. Pay my bills and I'm good. Great. But at least you show up, you put in your 110% and you're respectable and you're, you know, you're not the negative Nancy. Yes. Yes. The attitude, it all goes back to the attitude. Because if you are an entrepreneur and you're hiring employees, whether it be one or 500, you want to be able to create a space where uh, it's an environment where people feel safe, where they feel um, they're heard, mm -hmm. uh, all of that. You want to do your best to create that kind of environment. So people are going to want to come there yeah. as opposed to dreading coming there because it creates a whole different vibe yeah. um, and which affects the communication, which affects um, just uh, products and how things get put out. Uh, it's just, it's a whole domino effect. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's a really good point made. So thank you for putting that out there. So um, we're going to kind of like segue into, and it's some things you've already said, but how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? Um, now I am, oh, you know, I read a lot and, and I read about, um, different ways that people have solved a, a bigger problem, right, in the world. And I kind of, everything really leads back to psychology for me, <laughs> if you can tell. And um, I try to apply my own spin on it, you know, in my business, in my personal friendships and relationships and stuff like that. And, and, I, and I just, um, 
I, like I said, I listen to a lot of other people and, and I take advice from them and what they say. And then I kind of, again, put my spin on it. So that's really where I apply the creativity within um, myself, but on a day to day without business or anything like that, I, you know, I, I am a lot in nature. I'm currently in Miami right now. Um, so I really, you know, just kind of look outside and I look into the sky and I just allow that to soak into myself and, and not put the pressure on myself. I, um, I, I, I'm, I used to be very hard on myself and sometimes I still can be, but I do allow nature and I meditate a lot. Meditation is like one of my number one things that I have to do every single day. And when I meditate, that allows my brain to expand into different, just different resources, outlets, or, you know, different ideas to look at and, and different people to research and look up and, and read upon. So that's a level of creativity that I add. Um, I am obsessed with fashion um, and uh, designers and uh, that luxury, the world of luxury hospitality and, and how things are done. So I actually read a lot about that because it helps me hold myself to a higher standard. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the creativity that, that I, that I add in. Yeah, that's amazing. So what, cause you had a, um, a fashion background. So yeah. what did you do in fashion? So I always, oh my God, I was obsessed. I still am obsessed, but I, I, you know, at 12 years old, I remember telling my parents, you know, I'm going to work on fifth Avenue one day and I'm going to work at Gucci and, and, and all that. And, you know, of course they're like, okay, <laughs> but, um, I did it. I did. I did. I, I, I was, you know, I was tenacious. I was, I was, I was so driven in a different way when I was younger to just do it and, and get it done and be there. Right. And, and I, you know, I started uh, an internship at a, a little designer in the fashion district in New York and we worked in a showroom and oh my goodness, organizing a room full of hangers and mannequins is glamorous right <laughs> but I I didn't care I did it yeah and I was like okay great and then that led me into I did um I applied to fashion courses in FIT when I was in high school so on the weekends I would go and I would um study textiles and I would uh learn about merchandising and stuff like that and um I actually went to an all-girls private high school uh, for art and design in Queens and um so I, you know, I had my hand in painting and sketching and whatnot. Um, I wanted to be originally a fashion designer when I was younger. Um, and then I quickly got into the business side of things because the, you know, I, I saw the power and the money and making the decisions. I felt super important. Um, so the internship, and then I went into working um, as a customer service uh, individual in, um, in Ferragamo and then Gucci. And I was in Gucci for about five, maybe six years. Um, and yeah, and, and then I moved on to some other stores, uh, John Barbados, Versace. So all, all very high luxury um, ticket items and companies. And that was my career. I was an operations manager. I was an accessories manager. Um, I got to open and close stores, do a lot of pop-ups, see the marketing creativity, do a lot of trainings, um, attend fashion weeks, you know, see the buy understand the demographics in the city and, and, and the world, right. Um, of how people were to travel and come to New York. And, and that was my life for a really, really long time. And I, um, 
I really, really loved it. it I, I lived and breathed all of that. And, uh, but it was a lot of work and climbing that corporate ladder, you know, I was constantly burned out and there was always something happening within the, you know, the, the politics of a company or restructurement and, you know, you get let go and then you get rehired or you get hired somebody else and, and, and all of that, right. Or a new team comes in or a new VP comes in and wants to wipe out the existing team and, and all that. So I couldn't, I could never really keep up with that like mentality, which you got to play the game. You really do. And hopefully going forward now, you know, the game is no longer there, but there's always some game you got to play, right. You, so you have to understand how you're on that chessboard. However, I, um, I just, you know, one of the last uh, positions I had was on Madison Avenue and uh, I, I was very happy there and I, I would have stayed there. And then, um, you know, the pandemic happened and completely shut down our city and the world. Um, but uh, the, especially the industry that I was in, in fashion and hospitality. So I, um, yeah, that, that was the end of it for, well, the end of the retail career versus where I could go with fashion now because I could still do some other things. What's amazing to me, though, is, again, can you please put it within a context of how old you were? I mean, you, oh, yeah. start, you started <laughs> this. I mean, you were out of your house when you were 17. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you are doing this power stuff. First of all, I have to acknowledge you said this to your parents at the age of 12. Mm -hmm. So you did it. And mm -hmm. where where were you? How old were you when you were actually in this position? Um. I was 18, about to turn 19 at Gucci, for sure. Crazy Mostly, manifester. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was probably eight. I was actually probably 18, sorry, at Ferragamo, and then 19 when I, when I started working, 19 or 20, around there into Gucci. But I quickly, quickly moved up in, in that company very fast. And, and um, I achieved everything that I wanted. And it's funny that you say that now because it's, I, it's like I lived a whole life already, if that makes sense, which is. <laughs> well, I mean, 18, yeah. I mean, I have to say it again. I mean, 18 years old. Yeah. Like, I was really eight, young, yeah. You were 18 and moving up the ladder and quickly. So yeah. it's just, it's just, I think it's important and we forget because it's our life and we're in motion and we're just some people move faster than others <laughs> some people's lives are sped up and filled with stuff oh, yeah some people move at a slower pace and it just and that works for them and that's fine but um yeah. i look very fast very hard very very fast if you're i really really embodied that new york city um live hard I, play hard yeah, work hard, play hard. I, you know, I created that identity for myself and, and the culture and the look and everything. And, and yeah, and which is so, so funny now, because when I think about it, um, this is like the first year that I've actually really lived without an actual plan, you know? And, and when people hear that in a way, they're kind of like, well, and I, I don't even think people for me, I think this is, you know, me judging myself like, well, maybe I should. And I was like, well, wait a second, no. I have had this career and done all this for years, you know, over a decade. And, and I really made something out of myself. So I am allowed to chill, relax. <laughs> you know? so, how, so how does that feel now? How does that feel now being, you know, a year and a half into this? Like, honestly, how, how does it feel? 
at this point? Do you feel like, ah, I'm moving a little slower and this feels good? Or are you like, oh, there's like these other parts of myself that I've discovered that I'm really excited about, like the same kind of quickness, but a different kind of energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely the same kind of quickness, and, but a, with a different energy. So you put it perfectly. For me, I, um, I do struggle uh, at times with um, just allowing opportunities to find me because I, I am so used to physically working, right? And physically, you know, being exhausted that it's, it's hard to break out of that. So there are times when I just can just chill and I'm like, oh God, I should be doing something. And then I'm like, well, no, wait a second. Right. No, you're good. You have done a lot. Like you do a lot. It's it, it, the way that things are presented to me now, it's completely different style and format. So it's a, it's an adjustment. Um, but if I did not take this year to really live outside of New York city, then I knew that I had to do that because it was, there's a bigger calling for me and it's, it's building out this foundation now for where I can live a certain way. Um, you know, we talked about this in our pre-chat. My life can be packed up in two large suitcases, two carry-ons and an oversized over, I'm sorry, overpriced designer duffel bag. And that is it. So Learning to live without attachment to a place, city, thing, or whatever it is scary, but it's also kind of cool, right? Yeah. Especially for someone who identified before as a control freak. I had to, you know, I had to know everything. So, so it's, um, I can feel it in my gut. You know, I'm turning 35 at the end of this year, and uh, there's a lot coming towards me, uh, a lot of really good, big, big things. And uh, it's just, you know, the, for the rest of the year, I just kind of, I'm just going to live it out as is without any sort of like, got to have it all figured out. Got to do this. Got to go back to that. No, it, it's the worst. The worst of my life has happened already younger, um, you know, my twenties and stuff like that and, and whatever relationships, but, and certain things, but so there is no going back to that. And so I really do feel like I've closed this chapter and we're starting a new one. And this is the, the, we're turning the page, but the page is, you know, it, it'll, it'll take a few weeks. <laughs> I love that, though. To close the chapter, turning the page. And as we're getting close to the top of the hour, I want to ask the audience, thank you so much to the people that are here live. Like, um, Yeah, that's so nice. To, to finish the sentence, like, what do you identify as? I think that's a really important, like, in our brains. What do, How do we identify? What are our beliefs? What do we see is true. Um, because when you mentioned travel and all of this and, you know, having things planned and control, like our daughter, she's 18, mm -hmm. but she just got back from being in Costa Rica for six weeks for this plan. You know, she made, we made the decision that she's, you know, uh, she deferred from college and who knows if she will go to college. We'll see. Um, but, uh, she went in this group, uh, for six weeks to Costa Rica doing this doing like turtle conservation and, and recycling oh, and all this. Cool. And she didn't know a soul. And at first it was a little uncomfortable and she came back and she's just like, Oh my God, it's, she's, she's like, I love you. And I want to be with, you know, I love you guys. It's no offense, but I miss them. Like mm -hmm. I miss, I miss that. Like she got to see this whole 
different space when before she kind of would identify as, you know, she'd have her friends and she was a little anxious and these kind of things, but Mm -hmm. she saw this whole new side and this whole new chapter and turning the page. And it's beautiful. It's, it's how we, it's living. Yeah. And that's, that's, she's so creative and how she does things going forward because she's had this experience and she didn't just follow suit. And And you know, not to hate anybody else, but like, you got to do what's, you got to do you not based on anyone else's opinion or the, the, you know, what you're, what you're told you think that you have to do. You do. And before we get to the last question, I have to just say this. I mean, when we were coming back from the airport, I, I said, so how does it feel? Like, do you feel like, you know, for your next thing that you do, like, do you know what you want to do? She's like, I don't know what I want to do, but I just know that I don't want to have a boring life. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, amen. Okay. <laughs> like, amen to that. Like, yes. That's so funny. People ask me that question all the time. They're like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know necessarily what it is I want to do, but I know what I won't do and what I won't put up with. So right. I'm definite on that. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. So last question is, so why is creativity important? For growth. That's that. That's, you have to you you if you are not creative in within yourself and, and with with your relationships with other people, uh, you will you will continue. You, that's it. You'll just die. Sorry, but you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your spirit, your imagination, your your vibe, your energy. You will just you will just be a body, you know, here on this earth. So. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as someone who has dabbled and walked many lives, being creative, even if you identify as a, a, an entrepreneur, is something that's necessary. You have to be creative in order to, to run a business and, and help manage teams and other people and, and all of these things. Like The creativity is how you continue to grow in all areas of your life. You have to be creative in how you want to live your lifestyle healthy and be a certain weight or look a certain way. You have to be creative and innovative in, in, in making sure that you don't just allow life to, you know, control you, allow that to happen to you. So, you know, and explore the creativity, right? Cause there's so many people that are like, well, I really want to maybe play the piano or sing or, or, you know, maybe start a little show, a cooking show or something for fun, but they don't do it based on fear based on judgment, based on the fact that they've been identified as a doctor, as a nurse, as a mom, as a wife, as, you know, a bartender or something like that. Right. And they're like, but at the end of the day, and this is something that I tell myself, like no one really gives a shit at the end of the day about what you're doing. It's something that's making you happy because when you're creative, when those juices start flowing, as they continue to flow and you just open yourself to possibility, people, and you vibe so high, people are going to want to be around you. And the people that, you know, don't, then those are not the people for you. And for me, I lost 80 to 90% of the people that I thought supported me and were friends because I took a different path. And I have met people now that I, I can't even imagine life without them because they are truly supportive in my tribe and, and we're creative together, you know, and we have opportunities together and, and, and challenge, right? And, 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 and it's just it's so inspiring to see what you can do if you just allow yourself to be free 
the innovation and the creativity to flow within you and then outward. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. Can you please tell people how they can find you? Wow. Yeah, great. absolutely. I mean, I, I love this podcast. This is so cool. Um, you know, Sarai Shivana, um, I'm Facebook, Instagram. I, I think you have my link that it's there. They can, con- you know, contact me directly. So I am open to all questions, to meeting new people uh, safely um, and uh, just kind of seeing how I can, you know, light up someone else's creativity. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here, Sarai. Taking this hour to chat. This was amazing. It was so good. It was a lot of fun. I really like this. This was a really, really nice uh, podcast to be on. Thank you. Thank you. So before we, before I do my little closeout, do you have any final words of wisdom that you're feeling needs to be said or you feel you're good? Um, yeah. You know, the one thing I will say to everybody is everything comes in time and if, and comparison is like the joy thief. So if you see someone else in the same profession as you, you know, doing things differently and getting ranked up in a certain way, don't compare because your journey is completely different. And if I had to tell myself that a lot, that everything comes in time and, and enjoy that process, even though sometimes it's a little annoying, but enjoy it and and revert back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Such a perfect way to end. Uh, What is it? Comparison is the joy thief. That's that's your quote. I take a quote from every, (laughs) from every conversation. And that is your quote. Comparison is the joy thief. Yep. Do you? Yeah. Just do you. So everybody, this space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories and connection. It's what it's about. Uh, So please like, follow, share, do all of that stuff, because I believe that we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. Um, also, if you're feeling called, uh, through my publishing house, express yourself publishing, I do multi-author books and solo books and my new book coming out multi-author book is called invisible. No more stepping into the spotlight, 3000 words, your own chapter, all this kind of stuff that if it's resonating, I would love to chat with you about. So all of that being said, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world. And we'll be talking to you again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com. I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And check out the experiential kits. Check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice, everybody has an expression, and I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy, and I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.